All right, babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath, and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey, sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth, please, so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Welcome to A Sister and Her Mister, a podcast where we show you the real behind the scenes of how we balance the PCOS lifestyle in our marriage, gluten and dairy free. I'm Talene, your fellow sister and registered dietitian. And I'm Sirak, husband, engineer, and PCOS personal trainer. We're going to make PCOS a little less overwhelming and a lot more fun. Sipping on gin and juice, laid back. back with my mind and my money and my money on my mind. Rolling <laughs> down the street, smoking <laughs> in dough. Sipping on gin and juice, laid back. back with my mind and my money and my money, money on my, my mind. mind. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop Double OG, G-G. but somehow, <laughs> some way. <laughs> Welcome, sisters, to another episode of the oh podcast. My gosh. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, we're getting loose today. Not just kidding, but we're going to be talking about alcohol and PCOS. Uh, if um, it wasn't 11 a.m., we would have poured a glass of wine for this episode. That's true. That would have been a good theme for this episode. But it's yeah, it's early afternoon. No drinks for us <laughs> right now, obviously. But we're going to be talking about, uh, as we just mentioned, alcohol, PCOS. What are the effects of alcohol? Like, what is a good amount to consume, you know, on a daily, weekly basis? And, mm-hmm. you know, all that yeah. jazz. I mean, with that being said, though, I feel like this is the time of the year because there's going to be a lot of family um, events. Shindigs. Shindigs. Holiday dinners. Yeah. Cocktail parties. I'm not sure with COVID what we're going to do, but... <laughs> We did find a workaround with my family. We decided to do a Thanksgiving picnic Mm -hmm. and outside outside at the park, you know, with a picnic table. And we're just going to change up the menu. So instead of a big old turkey, we're going to have turkey sandwiches (laughs) instead of mashed potatoes, potato salad. I love right? that turkey sandwich way more than like oh, just, just yeah, turkey. Oh, yeah, like a California club with some fresh turkey. Oh, my gosh, I love that. I know a lot of people say this, but, like, what is it about turkey that's so freaking good? Like, like I'm talking <laughs> about just turkey when you have it for, like, Thanksgiving. Like, it's just boring to me. It's, like, it's kind of dry. Yeah. And then, like, there's no real, like, flavor. It's not, like, spicy or it's not, like... It's just, just turkey, you Yeah, know? it's not like a steak, it's but... It's like avocado and, like, mm. some... F- I yeah. don't know, throw in some fun stuff like French fries. Why do we always have to do mashed potatoes with gravy? Like, why can't we have some fried chicken but and some French fries? Tradi- and some- it's the element of tradition and like remembering that day, you know, when you celebrate it year after year and like bring your family together. Like the meal has to be the traditional style that day. I mean, you can mix it up. We mix it up. We always have like half Armenian food on the table, half I American know, yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. My mom makes the yams though marshmallows oh, my oh gosh. yeah we did that last year right oh yeah and the funny thing is too with when it comes to the, the thanksgiving or like christmas all these holiday stuff is you get the questions about pcos like oh yeah like what is pcos did you make that up 
or like and like in some cases there's gonna be one of those aunts that's gonna say something really rude to you right like oh like you came to wait this year what did you do <laughs> yeah so uh just want to say look out for those kinds of events and just going with the like a with a um steady mindset of like yeah. not like not worrying about those kinds of things and just thinking about like and not worrying about how you're going to explain it and instead of just focusing on enjoying that day that's true we also have an episode if you do want to explain pcos we have an episode where we talk about how to explain pcos to your loved ones so if you want to prep yourself for thanksgiving Very by true. listening to that that is a good idea yes i would say yes all right with all that being said, mm-hmm. let's get to the gin and juice. <laughs> um, okay, so here's my thing with alcohol. Like, personally, I don't drink that much. But if we're having a dinner party, I'm going to have a glass of wine. If we're Maybe. going somewhere, Maybe I'll drink. Maybe she'll have a glass of wine. I'll just want to add that. And if you like to drink, that's great. So, But we need to discuss drinking for pcos and the effects that it has on women with pcos and that's what we're going to get into in this episode Mm -hmm. because you know it's important for me as a registered dietitian to look at alcohol with a critical eye and interpret it for a woman with pcos it seems like when you hop on google everyone wants to say it's okay to drink and you know antioxidants and and anti-inflammatory and the wine and everything but is that right for a woman with PCOS? Mm-hmm. That is the question. Yeah, and I think you do a great job as a registered dietitian to look at it with a critical eye and really like make a dissertion here. Like, is yeah. it good? Is it bad? Or is it in between? And <laughs> what is there? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So moderate consumption of alcohol, I read, has been shown to offer health benefits. Studies show it's associated with a decrease in the risk of heart disease, for example, and may even improve insulin resistance by upregulating anti-inflammatory genes. Sounds promising. Yeah. The American Heart Association recommends alcohol in moderation, one glass of alcohol a day for women, one to two glasses for men. A glass looks like four ounces of wine, maybe 12 ounces of beer. But for a woman with PCOS, is that going to be beneficial for our liver, for our blood sugar, Mm -hmm. for our metabolism? Mm -hmm. That is the question. Yeah. And I think we would both agree that maybe one glass of wine wouldn't be like our direct recommendation to someone with PCOS. Yeah. In terms of if you're on that road of reversing your PCOS, I mean, I'm definitely not going to be like, go ahead and have a glass of wine every night. Yeah. You know, maybe if your PCOS is under control, maybe if you're, you're really, you know, reversed your symptoms and if you feel fine with mm-hmm. a glass of alcohol a night, that's you. That's yeah. one thing. But I wouldn't sit there and tell a patient to do that. Especially 12 ounces of beer. Like imagine 12 oh, ounces I of, I eat, I drink eight ounces of water and that's like one and a half glasses of what for beer. I mean, even it's me, when lot. I drink a 12 ounces of beer for with dinner or something, I feel super bloated. I'm just like, man, I should not have had that beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and like we talk about sugar, right? So sugar and alcohol. So unlike, unlike carbohydrates, alcohol itself doesn't require insulin to be broken down for energy. So, you don't really want to be mixing it with juices and mixed drinks. So a lot of times, like when you go to like a bar or like maybe like someone's making you a cocktail, they add like, you know, orange juice or they, they add like this juice and mm-hmm. that juice. They add this sweetener. Cranberry they add, juice. Yeah, or they add syrups. Red Bull. Yeah, like all these like artificial stuff as well. And then it ends up being very sweet. Yeah. So if you're like 
uh, or one of our go-to tips would be like if you're tr- if you're like out drinking or you're like it's a day where you're gonna drink, really um, try to find drinks that don't have the added sugars. You know, you can have vodka with with soda. Vodka soda, soda is a great option. Mm-hmm. Water. I think that's my or- go-to option is usually mixing vodka and soda because you know you're not getting extra sugar or extra calories from the soda, mm-hmm. and it's still um, okay to drink. You know, because it's uh, mixed with the vodka and stuff. Yeah, because liquor itself like gluten-free vodka gin rum it yes it doesn't have sugar in it and you might say you know this is alcohol like it's not going to do anything to my blood sugar but it is important like you said not to mix them with the sugary drinks and i personally i'm here for a tequila and a club soda and a bunch of muddled limes and (laughs) and mint yeah (laughs) you know what i mean no sugar i'm happy with that and if you're looking for like gluten-free vodkas, I would recommend uh, Tito's. Tito's vodka makes a good gluten-free option. Don't we have a bunch in that cabinet? Yeah, we have like a huge bottle that we bought last year that's oh, yeah. like not even halfway through. Because um, I'm more of a whiskey man, personally. <laughs> uh, anyway. And I cannot stand. Oh my gosh, I haven't had vodka in like five years. Yeah, I can't like even it. imagine I'm like, drinking it right now. I'm the same exact way with tequila. Like, I cannot have tequila. It's just like the smell... It just it reminds tequila. me of the days where I used to like or like the college days like drinking and then like throwing up and all <laughs> that stuff. It just reminds me of exactly that like that you know throw up smell. Yeah. And- <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh beer. So like beer is actually not gluten-free and it actually has more carbohydrates per serving and it can actually impact insulin levels. Yeah. So we definitely would not recommend beer as something to drink, you know, like um all the time. Of course, the moderation is okay, but just consider that beer is also not, not gluten-free. gluten-free. You can drink apple cider. cider. Not apple cider. Hard just, apple I think it's cider. just cider. Or actually, cider is made from apple, so yeah. Right, yeah. Hard cider, yeah. Hard angry apples? Angry orchid. Angry orchid. Yeah, they make a really good one. Um, it kind of tastes sweet, tastes so I don't know sweet, like yeah. about the sugar levels in there. But cider but is a good option. If you're I don't craving know. a beer, that's a good alternative. Yeah, and I believe there are some certain beer brands that have lower gluten than others, but do your research and look those up to know which ones those are. But yeah, like cider is a good option if you like those kind of drinks. Um, but yeah, it's important to consider that beer, it has more carbohi- carbohydrates Carb- mm-hmm. per serving, can impact insulin levels, and also it's not gluten-free. Wine as well has oh, yeah. sugar in it. Yeah. So wine, uh, going to wine, there was a study published in the Endocrine Society's Journal of Clinical Endocrinology <laughs> and Metabolism. <laughs> I had to put name. all of that Yeah, there. Just to repeat that, uh, Endocrine Society's Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. So they found that a 1,500 milligram daily dosage of resveratrol, which is an antioxidant found in red wine, significantly lowered insulin and androgens in, peace, in women with PCOS. However, in order to get that much, 1,500 milligrams of resveratrol, you would have to drink two liters of red wine a day. Two liters. <laughs> That's so much wine. <laughs> I know. That's like a box of wine. Uh, yeah. So... But everyone's talking about like antioxidants yeah, in red so wine. True. They always Look talk how about much that. you have to drink. Yeah. So it's not really the case with wine. They're not going to get all like this life changing resveratrol or these antioxidants. Yeah. They sell resveratrol yeah. supplements. And there's actually been a very large increase in um, popularity for resveratrol supplements recently due to uh, research done by uh, Dr. David Sinclair. He's somebody that I've been following 
um, in the last few years because he's been doing research on resveratrol and another supplement called NMN. And these supplements, you know, they're um, showing promise with basically longevity and like basically like helping your like, like your sirtuins, helping your cells last longer and things like that. So there is some uh, promising research with resveratrol. So if that's something you want to take, we would definitely recommend the supplement version instead of the wine version because <laughs> you're really not going to get the full amount from Pour wine. Pour me a glass. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, well, that's interesting. I'm going to close this heater. The so heater that- just turned on. All the windows are shut, and it's really not that cold outside. And it's just a nightmare. Sirak has to turn it off right now. But in the meantime, any type of alcohol, let's be honest, <clears throat> is fine in moderation, you know, unless you're like gluten intolerant, beer is awful for us. But um, it's we're not trying to like bash alcohol altogether and take no. the fun out of it. But with women with PCOS, we should be aware of certain factors when it comes to drinking alcohol. So it can affect our blood sugar. So after having a sweet alcoholic drink, your blood sugar can crash. Alcohol can also interfere in the ability of our liver to make glucose. Mm -hmm. So then if, you know, you drink a lot and then you're not eating, obviously, because you're asleep, let's say. You, you're going to wake up really hungry because mm-hmm. your liver couldn't regulate your blood sugar that night yeah. as well. So you want to make sure that you eat when you drink so that you digest it, you tolerate yeah. it better, and your blood sugar is managed and stable yeah. throughout the drinking experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and not re- on an empty stomach. Yeah, and related to that drinking experience, like when you're drinking, a lot of times it can actually lead to increasing hunger and also making like poor f- food choices. So like alcohol can actually increase the hunger levels and lead to overeating. I feel like almost everybody has experienced this, right? When you're out on the town, maybe like you're out with your friends, you're going to a club mm-hmm. and afterwards you all leave the club. In and out. Yeah, we get in and out or you get hot dogs from the street or like, you know, like all these different stuff. Ooh, in and out, protein style. Yeah. With no buns, just the patty, the Thousand Island dressing. Or if you're in downtown LA, you get some dirty dogs or you go to Gina's Tacos to get some tacos oh, from yeah. there or burritos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've all been there, it sounds like. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just something that sometimes it comes with alcohol consumption. It's like, one, we get a little tipsy, so we're like a little bit more careless. At the same time, it affects our hunger. Uh, levels we feel more hungry and you know we're just having fun so you just want to go and eat but it, at the same time i want to say like enjoy your nights yeah of if you're going out drinking and if like if you're, as long as you're being safe i mean feel free to eat what you want if you want to eat it you know it's like it's one night you're there yeah. to have fun but we're just making you aware of these kinds of things i remember when i first started my gluten dairy free journey mm-hmm. um you know obviously i didn't want my friends to feel like we couldn't go somewhere just because i'm gluten and dairy free yeah so we went out one night and we ended up going to this like breakfast spot at like 1 a.m you know mm-hmm. and ev- nothing on the menu was gluten and dairy free I literally sat there and didn't eat anything. Imagine the self-control like so late wow. at night after a whole you, night. There was nothing you could eat? And nothing. Not even it like a waffles, piece of bacon or something? Pancakes. Um, maybe there was. Was this KB24 by any chance? No, that place in downtown LA next to the apartment that I would live in. I was living in. Oh, remember? okay, okay. Third Street or something. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I, it was 
I mean, I just remember <laughs> the table full of like pancakes, syrup, waffles, people getting sandwiches, like, ugh, and I was so hungry. <laughs> <sighs> so in and out is my favorite if yeah, I'm drinking. Uh, protein style. <laughs> yeah, but it's been a while since that's happened. Heals you. Okay, next tip or uh, next thing we want to point out is um, being cautious oh, if, you're, if you're having alcohol with metformin. So a lot of women with PCOS, um, they are diagnosed metformin. And if you are on metformin, you actually might not feel good if you have alcohol while taking metformin. Why is that, babe? Well, it's not recommended to take while um, you're drink drinking, while to drink while you're taking metformin because metformin is affecting the way you're metabolizing things. It's, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people get um, stomach problems when they take metformin and they have to go to the bathroom and so on. So just drinking is not going to help this process. Mm-hmm. Metformin is helping with your insulin resistance and your liver health and this and that. So when you mix it with alcohol, it's just like the wrong combination. I got you. I got you. So it alcohol also affects our sleep. If you drink a oh, lot, yeah. you might feel groggy the next day. Yeah. Like you literally can't wake up. And then you feel like eating everything in sight because your blood sugar is low because, you know, you've slept and you haven't eaten. And like the effect that it's having on your liver's ability to regulate your blood sugar. Yeah. And also um, drinking can also impede on your REM sleep. So when you're drinking and like uh, if you're let's say you drink a little too much or whatever, it can actually like prevent your body from going into REM sleep or having enough REM sleep. So basically, um, for those that don't know, when you're sleeping, you go into this sleep cycle called REM sleep in which you basically your body like shuts down completely to like to focus on really recovering everything. So um, if if your body doesn't really get into that REM sleep, the most important cycle of your sleep, then you wake up feeling really groggy, like you basically didn't get enough sleep and alcohol basically can have a, a direct impact on that. Oh, my gosh. If I drink like half a glass or one glass of wine, I sleep so well, to be honest. I don't think like that little amount. It puts you to sleep for sure, yeah. The thing (laughs) is, it puts you to sleep. Knocks me out. But that REM cycle portion of your sleep gets affected as a result. I mean, Talon, let's be honest I don't wake up You do not drink that much when you drink (laughs) anyway. One glass Talon, I will literally pour, like I will, we will have those nights, <laughs> like Saturday nights. We have so much money on alcohol. Oh my God, it's un- unbelievable. Or I have drunk. gotten drunk as a result because of you. Because this is what happens. <laughs> we basically, it's a Saturday night. Let's say we're, 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 we're making dinner at home and I, I'm like, let's open up a bottle of wine, right? Oh. Uh, whatever, Trader Joe's <laughs> wine. It's, it's not even that expensive. Still, I open it. I pour her a glass. I pour myself a glass. Like an hour passes by, Italian's glass is like not even halfway done. Meanwhile, I'm on my second glass. And then I realize at this point that Italian will not be drinking anymore. So I'm looking at the <laughs> bottle and I'm like, what am I going to do with this bottle now? It like just, if I, uh, if I, tr- if I put it away, it's not going to taste as good in, in tomorrow or the ne- by the next time. We need to get one of those wine bottle cork things. We do need that. We really need that. And then I end I'm up. I'm going to order that after this episode. Yeah. And I either end up dumping that wine or I. Uh, end up like having one more glass that was just like you know got me all tipsy and shizzle <laughs> uh but you know that's that's you which is okay i mean i've i've as your I husband know. i have accepted the fact that you will just not drink that much but the funny thing is when you do have a couple of drinks and you get a little tipsy i'm like who the hell is this <laughs> i and get I'm like, so loud yeah you get loud and you get like <laughs> 
Didn't that happen the other day? It, it, did it did happen we get last alcohol? week? Well, we went to a restaurant, I think two weeks ago, for the first time in like a long time. Uh, it was like this French restaurant, and we got just a glass of wine each. I don't know, you got a little tipsy because you were like... What about last Wednesday when we went? to a restaurant oh that one yeah that's yeah, yeah the one you're that's thinking the one of. yeah that's the one i was one. talking really loud but i didn't realize it yeah <laughs> it's because we're on it, a, i drank on an empty stomach yeah. like you know half a glass of wine we or had an empty stomach yeah we we're waiting for the food to come out it took so long but yeah yeah that was funny <laughs> but it's okay everybody's different i've accepted that you just don't drink that much it annoys me sometimes because you know i like to it's the weekends where people are here or we're out I, I like to get a little loose with the goose but I've accepted that your goose is just not that loose. Well, I will try my best during the holidays to get drunk around the family <laughs> just so you can be happy. All right. All right. Did we mention the last? No, we didn't mention the fatty, fatty liver, liver portion. So when women have insulin resistance, many women with PCOS have this 70%. This affects our liver. And sometimes you can develop non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because the high insulin and high triglycerides make us so that we're storing fat around our organs, specifically the liver. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. the liver is in struggle city, like I like to say, <laughs> and we're not able to metabolize, um, break down food, I mean, break down hormones better. We're not able to metabolize the hormones going through our body and it is just a whole issue with our estrogen, with our testosterone, like our all of our hormones get affected by this. So if you have fatty liver, which many of us do, drinking alcohol can make this worse. So you really just want to avoid alcohol if your liver is in struggle city. Mm -hmm. And then once you get that under control, maybe you want to reintroduce it to, you know, your if you want to have alcohol, go for it, see how you feel. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons why many women with PCOS are in struggle city with alcohol is because of their liver being in struggle city. <laughs> makes sense. No, it makes sense. You don't want to like struggle if city. <laughs> if you're already having issues with something, there's no reason to really overstress that area, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had fatty liver. I wasn't diagnosed with it, but I know that I had it mm -hmm. because I had a lot of insulin resistance and my mm -hmm. like bowel movements weren't normal. And like I wasn't, my hormones were completely out of this world. And then when I took a daily liver supplement, it literally changed everything, like along with the other supplements I was taking and the diet changes I was making to help with insulin resistance, that liver supplement that supported my liver for like months. I took it maybe for a year. Like it was a daily liver cleanse, the Gaia okay. one we talk about. Yeah, yeah. That really helped yeah. with my liver. Yeah, shout out to that liver supplement, Gaia, G-A-I-W-Y-A? G-A-I-A. My naturopathic -A -A. doctor even said that I should take it if I drink. Mm. I remember specifically her saying that. Yeah. And so that's what first got me onto it. Because I was like, okay, clearly my liver is struggling. Like, not that I drink that much, but I was in college. I don't know. Like, I just felt like I needed this supplement and it changed my life. Yeah. All right. So what is the key takeaway? Moderation. moderation. If you have PCOS and enjoy drinking, do it in moderation. And I know that everybody says moderation, moderation, moderation for like so many things. But you heard the podcast today. We, we, you heard us talking about like, like obviously like it, it recommended a glass of wine a day is okay for a lot of people. But, yeah. you know, taking into consideration what, what we said and maybe adjust that moderation. For your that body. That fits your body. Yeah. You define moderation, not 
I mean, I guess legally the American Heart Association can define moderation of wine to four ounces a day. But for you, what works for your body? What type of moderation works for you? And um, for me, obviously, it's like once a weekend or whatever, but everyone is different and you want to do what feels right. Now, if you ask me, if you're first starting out with like healing your PCOS and reversing your symptoms, I recommend drinking like once a week max Mm. so that you can really support your liver and not like, you know, do great all week, take all these great supplements, change your diet, manage your insulin resistance, and then go out like binge drinking on Saturday night. Like that's not going to help the situation. That's like actually going to affect your liver health for the whole next day and maybe further than that. So I think that it's really important to keep it, keep it light, keep it tight (laughs) during the first (laughs) few months of managing PCOS. Then when you feel more confident, your symptoms are under control everything's under control you reintroduce it you see how you feel yeah love it great job babe um now we're not we're not done just yet we actually asked the sisters uh we asked you what's your favorite gluten-free alcoholic drink we asked this on instagram uh if you don't follow pcos.weightloss remember we have daily tips stories all that jazz to help you manage your pcos so we asked on there what is your favorite gluten-free alcoholic drink First person was Danny Love. She said, loyal cocktails, vodka and diet cranberry. Okay, sounds interesting. Is that a th- I mean, I forgot to look up loyal cocktails. Yeah, I don't know what loyal cocktails are, but it sounds like it's vodka mixed with cranberry. And she said diet cranberry, so mm-hmm. I'm guessing cranberry Sugar-free. without sugars. So that's a good mix right there. At least you're not having the, I like the it. juice with Gluten-free the added vodka, sugars. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Stacy Clausen says mixed apple cider with apple pie whiskey. Ooh, what? Interesting. Yeah. I do like apple cider a lot and I do like whiskey a lot. Apple pie. Apple pie. I don't know about that one, but no, why not? Because I. Do you have peanut butter? Yeah, I have this um, peanut whiskey. It's called, I don't know why I'm saying the name, but it's called Screwball. Anyways, it's a peanut butter whiskey and it's like so delicious. It it's smells my, like peanut butter. Yeah, it's like one of my go-to uh, whiskey drinks that I have at, at home. But apple pie whiskey sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay. Paige says tequila, soda water, extra lime. Nice. That was my go-to as yeah, well. That's Talon's go-to drink. Okay. Uh, Rach Cleve says wine. That's a good That's a good one right Gluten-free, there. Gluten-free, simple. Yeah. You don't have to add anything to it. Yes, yeah. it has some sugar in it, but yeah. wine is wine. Mm-hmm. Mamzellini says sugar-free tonic and gin. Ooh, okay. So yeah, uh, tonic. A lot of t- tonic usually has a lot of sugar. So good job picking the sugar-free one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Courtney Page. <laughs> Sorry, it's spelled really differently. Tequila soda water with lime. I had to nice. write that again because a lot of people were saying it, and I'm like fully in support of the tequila soda water lime combination. Yeah. Because yeah. it's sugar-free. The lime. I like tequila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's that pretty much covers the episode on alcohol and PCOS. We, we love reading your, um, basically, your experience with alcohol, your approach, what you guys like to drink, and you guys heard our opinion. So, that's basically um, covers the topic of alcohol and PCOS. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go, we have the wins of the week and also the PCOS hotline. So, if you're new, we have the PCOS hotline where you guys can call us at one eight three three ask 
PCOS, A-S-K, PCOS, and you can leave your voicemail, you know, either maybe a testimonial letting us know how you uh, how we've helped you or a question, you know, about your PCOS that we can help answer directly on the podcast here. So with that being said, let's go to today's question. So this week's message is actually a text message, which you can leave also yourself by uh, texting us at one eight three three ask pcos And this sister asked, hey, Talin, I was wondering for the holidays, do you think I should do a juice cleanse to prepare for all the foods that I'll be eating during Thanksgiving and Christmas? What do you think? That's a great question. I feel like a lot of us go into the holidays and like big celebratory events feeling intimidated by how much food we're about to consume or that we want to consume. And then we end up like not eating all day and then Mm -hmm. eating everything in sight at night, you know, saving your appetite for that. And then doing a cleanse maybe before, maybe after to like prepare your body. But I really just feel like if we approach the holidays more level headed, Mm -hmm. like a regular meal, then it'll have less of an impact on our um, progress with PCOS. So, for example, like instead of doing the juice cleanse, maybe, you know, eating, being more mindful of what you're eating before the holidays by adding juice Mm -hmm. to your daily routine because juice is healthy, you know, like non-sugary, like green juice is great. Maybe you can add that, give your body like some extra support. That's fine. And then on the day of Christmas or Thanksgiving, when you know you're going to go and eat a lot, just prepare yourself by eating regularly before Mm -hmm. maybe a lighter lunch but still have lunch a high protein breakfast like you don't want to be having low blood sugar when you sit at the dinner table because you're just gonna consume everything then you know and treat it like a normal meal fill your plate everything you like maybe you're gonna eat a little more than normal but like if you don't eat all day and then only eat at night you're gonna eat a lot more than normal it's gonna be a whole thing for your blood sugar like starving yourself until that night dinner Mm -hmm. i've done this so many times not on purpose but But how many times not on purpose because our moms wouldn't let us eat oh that yeah they're like slaving away trying to get dinner ready yeah when we're little starve all day yeah if you're like ask your mom mom can i eat something before dinner before everybody comes over like no yeah you better wait until uh dinner time to eat yeah and, but like even now, like let's say by accident, I don't eat all day or like I eat like a very small lunch and I have to wait till dinner time to let's say go to one of our parents' house. I get there, I'm like starving and then I end up eating way too much and I mm-hmm. feel sick. Um, but also uh, kind of going back to the question from the sister, two things. One, she mentioned like um, before eating all the bad food. Like uh, Also like not thinking that mentality of like yeah. you're going to be eating bad food can really help because maybe you're not going to be eating bad food. Maybe... Or like, why is it bad food, right? It's the holidays. It's Christmas. It's maybe Thanksgiving or it's maybe Christmas or New Year's, whatever it is. It's like you're mm-hmm. enjoying yourself. And maybe if you're eating, I don't know, let's just say Pie. there's, um, or let's just say there's like uh, steak and potatoes or whatever for dinner. Like, do you really have to make that like a bad food just because it's the holidays or it's like something you're going to enjoy for now? Yeah. And, and like move forward or even though it's not really that bad, right? It's just in your mind, it seems bad because it's the holidays and you're having dinner with family, but can still be a healthy uh a dinner yeah like candied yams like i said um my mom puts the marshmallows on the yams and she cooks and so good i'm not going to feel bad okay yeah. like have it once a, year, once a year i'm gonna put it on my plate and i'm gonna eat it you yeah. know obviously it's not gonna be half my plate but i'm gonna have some yeah you know like what's what portions are right for you and yeah like, exactly and portion maybe, even if you go like a little above or a little under like, you're not gonna like it's feel just bad. one day yeah Exactly. Yeah. All right. And also one thing to add with the juicing is 
um, a lot of times with juicing, you add like four or five fruits. Fruits, yeah. And then you don't realize you're actually um, putting so much uh, sugar into your body because like fruit isn't meant to be consumed like that. Like fruit, yeah, you get one apple. By the time you get through that apple, you sorry. don't want it. Yeah, by yeah. the time you get through that apple. Anymore. Yeah, you're like done. You're like, this is enough chewing. Get me out of here, right? Yeah. Or like a banana or whatever. Like you, you. When, by the time you finish it, apples. you feel full. Yeah. But then if you do juicing where you put like three bananas, or I'm sorry, like Ju- two apples, apples and then like a mango and this, yeah, it just it's, doesn't. Um, it's your not body meant to is, be like that. Exactly. Like your b- body has like your body goes into shock almost. Like what the hell? How did how did uh so and so consume all this fruit at once? This is not mm-hmm. possible to have it in one serving. But obviously juicing does because you're just blending everything and putting into one. And you might feel like, oh, this is healthy. It's fruit. And you have it every single day for like a week while you're juicing. And, you know, at the end of the day, like having it so much so often is not ideal. Yeah. For your liver. My gosh. (laughs) Think of your liver, sisters. (laughs) Okay. Now, the last part of the podcast, we always, always love to announce uh, winners of the week. Uh, these are fellow sisters who are managing their POS, P, sorry, PCOS, <laughs> who are managing their PCOS, you know, getting through their symptoms, um, lo- losing weight or like whatever their goals are uh, reaching that. So um, we have two winners this week. Tanya, you want to mention the first one? Sure. Marnie Jane. She says, I got my period yesterday first in over two years. Woo! Definitely thanks to Ovacetol and of course you. Aww. Let's hope I get it next month too. Thank you so much. XOXO. That's, That's amazing, so Marnie. Sweet. You know what? I just want to mention one thing. If you end up eating a lot for Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, you feel like you had a lot of carbs, you better pop that Ovacetol. Oh. You better rip it yeah. and pour it, it in with some you. water. Take it with you. No one will even see it in yeah. your water glass yeah. and drink it after your meal. Heck yeah. I love that tip. Mm-hmm. And great job to Marnie. And I mean, like she said, thanks to Ovacetol and of course you, but I think she means like, thank you for helping with making the right diet and lifestyle changes. Yeah. So just shows like combining Ovacetol with diet and lifestyle can do wonders. So great job, mm-hmm. Marnie. And yeah, we'd love to he- hear hear more. All right. Next the next winner. one. Do you want to read this one? Sure. Uh, the next one. Oh, I love I like this profile name. Not loving squirrel. <laughs> uh, she says, hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your work. I started going gluten and dairy free three weeks ago and started taking inositol and CBD too. And for the first time since I'm off birth control, I don't feel like somebody is stabbing me in my abdomen with a knife and then turning it back and forth. Oh, my wow. God. I would even have to take painkillers. Thank you so much, she says. I love how she says it's so nonchalant. Yeah. And turning it back and forth. Yeah, but I know I mean, how you feel. But sorry you felt that pain before, sister, but I'm happy that you don't feel that pain anymore and that you're able to kind of like... Um, uh, prevent that with the with the natural approach, you know, gluten dairy free diet, inositol, mm-hmm. CBD. These are all like very good yes. factors. Getting that blood sugar stabilized all month will make such a difference in your PMS when your period comes. Yeah, and that sounds like exactly what you were up to. Yeah, awesome. Yes. All right, everyone. All right, sisters, pour yourself a drink. Pour <laughs> yourself kidding. a gin and juice. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> a gin and a sugar-free juice yeah so i hope you guys like that episode about alcohol so we can all understand what is moderation for each and one of us and we hope that you kind of like consider that as you go through the holidays or any any time for that matter as you you know think about your 
your alcohol consumption, I guess. Yeah, especially during the holidays. Yeah. All right. All right, sisters. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again. Sisterhood.